Welcome back to another episode of Hey Alexa. Today I have Kellen Flugiger, who is a coach, keynote speaker, and author. He's lived a million lives, and we're going to learn all about it today and how he came to be where he is today. Hey, Kellen, how are you? Hi, thanks for having me. And the first thing I want to do is honor you, because people that do the labor of love that is a podcast deserve special recognition and praise. It is just a labor of love because it isn't really a thing you sell and all the rest. And so just thank you for making a choice to add good to the world in that way. Well, thank you. That means a lot. It's a lot of fun, but it's a lot of work. (laughs) Yes, it is. But I like it. So I guess that's why I do it. (laughs) <laughs> I'm all I'm all here for you and for your listeners. Well, thank you. Um, so like I said in the intro, you're a coach, a keynote speaker, you're an author. But let's start from the beginning. Who is Kellen and how did he become who you are today? Well, <clears throat> coach, keynote speaker and author, I was none of those things uh, to start with. If you saw Kellen 15 years ago, Uh, I would have been a super high profile, high ranking executive that made so much money. My $3,000 a week cocaine habit was lunch money. I had bodyguards and all that sort of nonsense that led to people to think on the outside, I had this incredible life and behind the scenes, I was a total disaster. The truth was I had been married and divorced three times. I didn't know how to be a person to be loved, to love, to tell the truth, to be anything except put on the three-piece Armani and go do battle. So that's who I used to be. And in August of 2007, I had a divine intervention that changed everything and invited me to change my life. So I did. I walked away from the career and the industry and started all over again. Wow. That's that's crazy. (laughs) It was crazy. I mean, the the story is simple. Uh, I was that freak that was performing and being weird at the same time. I'd struggled all my life with depression. I was raised in a home with two parents, but with uh, my mother administering discipline that today would be felony child abuse in the context of getting me to behave a particular way. And this was religious fanaticism kind of thing. And it was that, you know, the church that we belonged didn't teach any of that. It was her. And she just wanted me to do certain things. And and so I believed all my life that I wasn't good enough. I struggled with the imposter syndrome, self-sabotage. I hate myself. I'm never good enough and never will be. And I overcompensated by by achieving staggering success, hoping somehow that would stamp on my head approved. And of course, it doesn't. And you never get enough of that. And so I took refuge in all kinds of unhappy places for decades. And in August of 2007, I got home on a Friday night and was getting ready to go party for the weekend. And for some reason, before I went out, I had the urge to turn on the television. Now, that doesn't sound like anything, except I didn't know how. I'd had the latest and greatest stuff installed, but I wasn't really a TV watcher. So when I went to do it, I realized I didn't know how. And I had four of my 10 kids living with me. I was a single dad. Three of them were grown and married. Four were with me and three were somewhere else. So one of my daughters came in and, you know, "Eh, turn on the TV, click, click through the remote at me and stopped out. And I'm like, yeah, okay." It landed on a program I'd never heard of before called Intervention, which, if you know, is a reality TV show about people who stage intervention for busted family members. And I'd never seen it, but the protagonist was a high ranking executive with a cocaine problem. So I watched about (sighs) 10 minutes of it and I said, I'm not watching this crap. And I turned it off. 
and when did the dishes and did some other things and got ready to go out and I felt compelled to turn it on again. So this time I knew how, and I turned it on and that program started over in the middle of the hour and no, I don't have a DVR and no, it can't do that. And no, it wasn't on the schedule. I get it. So it scared me. I sit down and watched it and it went badly. The guy yelled at his family, stomped out, refused all of his help and everything else, but it scared me bad enough that I went to bed instead of going out to party. And when I went to bed, I went to hell. And what I mean by that is I was, I had a sense, I was somewhere, I don't know, in, in, in a theater. And I watched the parade of my life from very young to now, what go before my eyes really focused on all the suffering that I had received as a kid inflicted on me and that I had inflicted on others in my later years. And I had never felt such intense pain watching that whole drama and I can't even describe it. So then after a period of time, there was a voice that simply said, it is enough. Not angry, not frustrated. It is enough. I woke up and the sun was streaming in the window, which was weird because the sun faced or the windows faced west. It was five o'clock Saturday afternoon. So I'd been somewhere 18 hours and I got up and realized that I'd been invited to change. So I threw $1,000 worth of stuff away that I had laying around and knew I had to do something dramatic and didn't know what to do. But I, I went, I got sober in one day, cold turkey, straight up, never touched it again. So that was the start. Part two was two weeks later because that dealt with sobriety, but it didn't do anything about the depression because up till then yeah. I'm, fifth, I'm 52 at that point. I'd never talked to a soul in my life about anything that was going on in me. Yeah. So it didn't do anything, but the, uh, the God who was doing this intervention had a plan. Mm -hmm. So two weeks later, uh, I, because of the positions I had, I used to get a lot of free stuff. People wanted to be nice to Kellen because he made important decisions. So I got free tickets to this and free bottles of wine and expensive, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I got two tickets to see someone named Yo-Yo Ma uh, at a premier concert here where I was working at the time. And if you know him, he's classical music, you know, yeah. ah! and if you don't, that's fine. <laughs> a big deal. So I thought, well, it'd be a shame to waste this other ticket because I was single. Right. And so I went to the groups that I managed and I said, um, who likes classical music? And some lady in one of the groups said, well, I do. And I looked at her and said, have I ever given you anything before? And she said, no. And I said, OK, here, see you there. So I gave her the ticket and we met at the venue and the concert was fantastic. And halfway and I'm stone cold sober now for two weeks. Halfway through the concert, I had this feeling come back over me that I recognized from two weeks earlier. And the voice said to me, <clears throat> you need to marry this woman. And I said, you're insane. I've screwed that up three times already. And with some other messes in between, I said, that's not happening. And later that night, we were backstage because, of course, they were backstage passes. And the voice came back and said, <clears throat> comma, and you need to tell her tonight. And so I went nuts thinking, you know, she had me arrested for harassment and all. You're like, what are you nuts? But you don't win those arguments. So I did. And it went about like you would have expected. Are you crazy? Like, what are you talking about? I didn't know her that well. Right. But anyway, so she, you know, she left and uh, within two weeks, she had her own set of experiences. She quit her very good job. She was a project manager and I resigned for millions of dollars of contracts. We walked off into the sunset together and we celebrated our 14th anniversary here two months ago. So, Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, th but the reason that's important, I mean, it's a fun, it's a funny 
story. Yeah. But it was like two, two things. One was like, God said, look, you haven't known how to do this at all. Let me help you that one. So that was the first thing. And the second thing was she was the ticket to the depression because she was unflagging in her support, in helping me find people to talk to and teaching me how to breathe, how to be a person, how to tell the truth, how to have a relationship and all of the rest. And so that, that was like, I, it's an unbelievable story, but it was still an invitation. Yeah. So that's what happened in 2007, 14 plus years ago, that changed my life forever. Wow. That's pretty impressive or pretty like remarkable. You know, what's most remarkable about it? The reason they were so dramatic is not because I'm important because I'm not. And not because I'm special, because I'm not. You, every single one of you listening to this podcast are just as important, just as precious, and just as special as me. I was thick-headed. I needed a two-by-four. You know right this minute that you receive those feelings and invitations that you should do something more, get the help you need, change your behavior, get up again, even though you've yes. been beat down. You feel them and you ignore them just like I used to. So this is your wake-up call to say, okay. Just go for it. Yeah. So when, from this point on, from that 14 years ago, what happened next to get you to become a coach and keynote speaker? Well, so then I thought, I don't know what I'm going to do. And uh, we, you know, we literally had nothing to do. I mean, it was like, okay, what are we going to do now? And so then I started thinking about what I knew how to do and, I wasn't an author or a speaker before that. I did speak at conferences and things because of the positions that I had, but this was completely different. So I began thinking about writing books and cha you know, change life, life change, because I just experienced this thing and thought, well, I know how to help people do difficult things because that's what I'd done in my career. You know, I was kind of the consultant that got called as a last resort guy. How do we solve this problem? And so I knew I knew how to do hard things. And I thought, ah, I think that's coaching. So I decided, well, let me explore that. So I looked at a coaching school or two, but my experience was what really served me there and, and began a, ch a choice, two choices. One, I was going to get the help I need. So I started seeing counselors and talking to people. And for the first time in my life, I started to tell the truth and be vulnerable and do the things that are sort of obvious, but I hadn't done them and began to heal. So I began my own healing journey, changing everything about my habits and my life, and began to have to listen to the invitation to serve and to help others. So I began writing books. I've written 16 books now, and I have six underway. I created and have built over these years now a coaching practice. But the real genesis of this is the desire that we all have to serve. Yeah. We are built to love and serve each other. And the faster we say yes and live into that, the happier we are. I agree. And I'm learning that too. It's all about what your mindset and just how you take control. I, I love that. You're exactly right. And this is the thing. People say, well, you can have anything you want. You can be happy. And then unless we understand that, we say, yeah, but I have bills and I'm broke and I this and that. You know, that may all be true, but I can promise you that money doesn't buy happy because I've been there. And I can promise you what happy is, is learning to love yourself yes. first 
love yourself. And my addiction wasn't to any of those substances. My addiction was to self-loathing. I needed to hate myself. So I created all kinds of circumstances and reasons to do that. Understanding that the foundation of pure happiness is self-love. And I don't mean self-indulgence and doing everything you want just because right. you want to talking about that, talking about loving the divine being that you are, forgiving yourself for whatever has happened, forgiving others. You don't have to carry that burden because all that does, whether it's others you need to forgive or yourself, is it just puts a bunch of rocks in your backpack that don't help you carry out your mission. It's just weight I carry or you carry around. Yeah, I agree. What does your... So for people that maybe are interested, what does your coaching um, look like? Like your well, program? Yeah, there's my program is each individual. So everyone comes with whatever their, I call it your B-deep. It's an acronym that stands for beliefs, definitions, experiences, expectations, and perceptions. And that bucket of things limits what each of us believes is possible. We look at what's happened in our lives and we think it defines the world and our possibility and boundaries and everything else. And the truth is, it's just what happens. It's just what has happened. I mean, it's not even anything except that the future is blank. And so what we do when we coach is we start with where are you right now and where do you want to go? Like, maybe you want to write a book. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're in a bad relationship. Maybe you just want to make more money and you believe that will help you. The reason you are where you are, and I was where I was, is because of how I showed up in life, emotionally, energetically, my thoughts and feelings. The fact that all this stuff was done to me, and you may have had a pile of stuff done to you or happened in your life, okay, we can't change that. So what we can do is we can either continue to allow that negativity to have power by dampening our attitude, our experience, our effort, our outlook, and all that we do. Or we can say, that happened. I'm done with it. It has no more power over me. I'm moving forward. And then go get whatever help, resources, books, coaches, counselors, whatever you need to, to take control of the levers of your own life. Because why would we continue to allow grumpy things that happened in the past to continue to control our lives and our future. Yeah, you're right. I, I agree completely. So what would, what would serve your audience to know and to feel? I've, I've told a story that to some would be incredible. And, and for those that are interested you can find all that in books. All you have to do is put my name in on Amazon and there's like piles of books and music and other stuff that I've done. If, if you want to read more in detail or find out more about any of those things, what else would my, my, my truest and deepest encouragement is don't wait as long as I did to figure this out. Yeah, I, I screwed things up until I was 52. I left a lot of damage in the way. I have 10 kids, some of them because of the drama and the divorces and things still are estranged. So I have work to do and I have opportunities there. And I look forward to each one with love and with patience. 
and like I said, the person you see now, you wouldn't recognize from 15 years ago. And I have all the time in the world and I have love and time on my side. So I know those things will take care of themselves in time. Don't wait as long as I did. Why would you do that? If this can serve as an invitation to you to recognize your value, your worth, your capability, your opportunity, the future is blank. It is not an extension of the past unless you allow that. I honestly think you just served it perfectly. I think because we all have a story and just hearing people's stories and seeing what someone else has gone through and what's helped them can really help anybody. And that's kind of what this podcast is all about is sharing each other's stories. Well, if there's anything that I can do that would serve any of your listeners, I'm really easy to find when you have a name like Kellen Flukiger, you can't hide. (laughs) So, you know, if you look me up on Google, there's thousands of hits. The older ones are from my executive days of, testified before Congress and all that jazz. And then all the new stuff, of course, is from the last 14 years. And so you can find all about me. You can find all my profiles. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn and YouTube. And so you ask about coaching. So there's three things that I do. First of all, there's all kinds of free stuff that I put on my social platforms to help people. I also have a podcast called Your Ultimate Life. Uh, It's kind of funny how that started (laughs) at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, March of 2020, when the cases were exploding in Europe and Italy. And all Mm -hmm. of us thought for five minutes, maybe this is Armageddon and the world was going to end. Right. Yep. And and it didn't. But we thought that. And so somebody called my wife, Joy. Oh, by the way. Yeah. Her name is Joy. Like you can't make this up, you know. (laughs) So called her and said, "Um, does Kellen have a podcast? Because they were looking for some motivational stuff knowing that I did speaking and motivational speaking at conferences and things. And we didn't, but she said, yes. And then she came downstairs and said, we have a podcast. So in April of 2020, I started a podcast 15 minutes daily. And I, I'm now up to episode 611. Wow. And so yeah, if you want a daily thing that's free called your ultimate life, and I define that as creating a life of purpose, prosperity and joy created by serving with your divine gifts, that's available. Uh, my social platforms are full of videos and free stuff, YouTube and Facebook and LinkedIn. So that's one thing I do. The second thing I do is I run groups, uh, group coaching, that's usually in 90 day increments focused around people who want to write books or accomplish a certain goal, create a course, or do something with their experience and expertise to monetize that. Those run on a different schedule. So if you want to find out about that, just get a hold of me, which you can do through my website. And then I have private coaching, which is one-on-one, and that's a longer, much, much larger commitment Uh, I don't work with anyone for less than six months. Usually it's a year to really focus on changing who you're being in the world. And what I mean, that sounds sort of woo-woo and it is, I guess, but what, what that means is you, you decide what your experience is each day by how you choose to create yourself, to live into your circumstance. And this is an invitation to stop blaming and start creating love that. And I will have all your um, information in our description below. So anyone can click on your website or see your books. Um, 
this is the part where we end is I want to play a little game with you. It's five question rapid fire. Uh, the first one is your drink of choice. My drink of choice is a weird protein shake that we concoct in the morning <laughs> after I end as part of my morning ritual, which is about two and a half to three hours where I create myself every day. But anyway, a weird protein shake. Cool. Do you have any favorite uh, movie or TV show? Yeah, the, the TV show that I'm really loving right now is the crowdfunded uh, YouTube series called The Chosen which is made by Dar uh, Dallas Jenkins. And the executive producer of that, Daryl Eaves, is a friend of mine. He runs Vid Summit every year in LA. Oh. And he's the executive producer. And I've been an MC at his event most of the times that it's been on. Uh, and so that's my favorite thing. It's just finished season two. They're in the process of filming season three. Wow, very cool. What um, advice you would give to your younger self? Oh, stop lying. Tell the truth, open up, be vulnerable, get rid of the idea that you have to do it on your own. Like I lived with this idea truly that I was not okay and I never would be. And, and I never talked about that. I believed that everything that was wrong in and around me and in all my circumstances was my creation and I somehow should have foreseen or fixed it. And that it was not okay to get help, to ask for help, to need help. And I would, I would break that uh, myth. Good. That's good. Um, five words to describe yourself. The ultimate catalyst for personal transformation. That's awesome. And last but not least, what does success mean for you? Oh, that's easy. It's a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy that I create by serving with my divine gifts, which I live every single day. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and sharing your gift. I appreciate it. And I know my audience will too. Um, this was another episode. You're absolutely welcome. And thank you for, again, for the work that you do in adding good to the world. Well, thank you. And I will talk to you guys next time. Bye.